Yeah, welcome to Art Gab. I'm Ashley. And I'm Kendra. And we have a special guest here today. Tamara English. Yeah, we'll do we'll do an official uh, introduction in a second, but um, did you want to tell us what you did this weekend, Ashley? Well, today's Sunday, and I uh, made the mistake of going out to breakfast in Portland on a Sunday, so that was ridiculous. <laughs> and I went to um, Original House of Pancakes, which everyone and their mom was there. Which one? The one on Barber. Oh. I think. Okay. I, I know. I was like, why am I going here? But it was good. And I got Swedish pancakes, mm-hmm. which are really paper thin. Never knew what they were, but they were pretty delicious. And I sat next to, in this community table. So I ended up like sitting with like eight other people I don't know. Cool. So that was pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. That was my Sunday. <laughs> it, it was a long wait for pancakes, but it was worth it. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Sunday, right? That's the yeah. Everyone goes to brunch on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, I went to a, a birthday party at the park, which was really cool. Um, uh, Colonel, is it Colonel Summers? Is that how? Yeah. yeah. Birthday par- three-year-old's birthday party. It's a great park. Love that park. Just hanging out in it. And um, yesterday I went to uh, a closing kind of uh, sale at the Pataphysical Society downtown. Um, Friends Gallery is uh, closing, um, which is sad, but they are uh, moving to New York, so that's exciting. Starting a whole new art adventure out there, and I just want to tell them I love them, and I hope, I, I wish them well, and... What did you do this weekend? <laughs> this weekend? Um, well, yesterday I was working in the studio, working on some new ideas. And today I was working on home projects, and I picked a lot of raspberries because they're at their peak right now. Nice. And then Friday, <laughs> I saw you, yeah. Kendra, <laughs> um, at the artist reception for um, our show, our exhibition, and artistic heritage at... Lake Oswego Festival of the Arts, curated by Arts in Oregon. Yeah, that was super fun. And I know that I was kind of distracted by Oliver running around, I, but I, it was really fun. Well, he needed to be there because he was one of the artists, yeah. one of the artists in the exhibition. <laughs> yeah, so. it was ex- exciting, <laughs> his first art show. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool to see you guys, cool to see all the artwork yeah. and your grandma's piece my great-great-grandma yeah that I've been wanting to show alongside her because I grew up with her paintings and just doesn't everybody have beautiful paintings in their homes like that their great-great-grandmother did (laughs) right (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's really fun yeah Yeah, it's pretty great uh so let's oh I remember what I was gonna say (laughs) yay (laughs) but now I feel kind of like a dork but the naked bike ride is coming up Okay. <laughs> it's kind well, of a Portland next thing. Weekend. Well, when is it? I think it's next weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so this might not be out by then, but why don't we just say, like, good for you guys for doing the naked bike ride. But I think people should know, <laughs> like, you don't, you can wear as much as you want. You don't have to be naked. Yeah. And you could paint, like, a message on your body, what you're riding for, mm. whether it's, like, environmental issues. So that's kind of cool. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to do it this year? We, I don't know. Remember, we did it together last year. Yeah. It was, like, really long. 
It feels big, right? Yeah, because yeah. we half the time we were waiting for like the whole crowd to move because mm-hmm. like it just took forever for the for us <laughs> to go anywhere. Do you remember we tried to do a, a shortcut and it ended up being longer. like this, like, a longer ride? <laughs> that was awesome. It's worth it. I, I think everybody should try it. So, <laughs> okay, so today we have Tamara English here as our guest. Tamara English has been exhibited extensively in the U.S. and abroad, including at the New Orleans Museum of Art, the Eisman Center in Dallas, Bedford Gallery in the Bay Area, the U.S. Embassy in Latvia, and the Seattle Art Museum. She holds a BFA in painting from the Pacific Northwest College of Art in Portland, where she received the Charles Carey Life Drawing Prize. She has been awarded several grants from the Regional Arts and Culture Council in Portland. Her paintings have appeared in the television series Portlandia and in the documentary Art PDX about Portland artists. In 2018, English was named a recipient of the Ford Family Foundation Oregon Visual Artist Mid-Career Residency Award and was awarded a Golden Spot Artist Residency at Playa Summer Lake in Oregon. English takes classes with the Way of the Heart, offering classes about living with meaning and purpose and the meeting of art, science, and spirituality. She is represented by Kaplan Art Designs in Portland, Addington Gallery in Chicago, Cooper and Smith Gallery in Connecticut, and the Seattle Art Museum Sales and Rental Gallery. Um, Her work is widely collected and represented in many collections, including in the collections of Lockhagen University, Pacific Northwest College of Art, Cascade AIDS Project Office, Columbia Sportswear, and of a former U.S. president. Um, English lives and works in Portland, Oregon. Tamara English, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) It's great to get to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here. So I will just get started. Um, Do you want to describe who you are and what you do? Sure. (laughs) So um, I am an artist. Uh, My focus um, is, well, I'm a painter. My focus is on the awakening to the presence of the divine in life. And that's beyond specific tradition or path. It's the individual exploration of what that means to each of us and nature as a catalyst for awakening for, to this, to finding what has sacred meaning to us and then living that in the world. So art is a full-time vocation for me. Um, I'm showing around the country. I have galleries around the country. It's, um, yeah, you kind of mentioned that it's a full time, full time thing for you. Do you want to go through like the process, like the daily process, a little bit? Oh, sure. Yes, <laughs> a lot of the bodies of work that I do, I'm usually working on two to three different bodies of work at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to start with something I read, so I find that that things arise. Usually, a question arises as I'm reading, or an inspiration, or visual of something. And then I take that um, idea into the studio, and usually each body of work is about two years, a cycle of about two years. So I start working on it and experimenting, and um, I'm pretty much always working with elements of the natural world. And I have also worked with different cultural interpretations of elements of the natural world. Um, right now I'm going more into an area that's more about magical realism, um, surrealist elements, where I'm looking at imaginary elements and rational or things we find in the physical world and putting them together. So a lot of my process is both researching the 
physical stuff of what's going to be in the work. And I usually work with botanicals. So um, taking photos or finding photos and then um, doing sketches and studies and painting both uh, for upcoming exhibitions and then also more experimental painting and um, what I would say is skill building. So sketching, I like to sketch every day and keep uh, being at what I would say is the frontier of, of my growth as an artist. So both in concept and in the way that I do my studio practice. I remember, um, by the way, you showed me some sketches. You said, you is it is it every day that you sketch your hand? Yes, I, I, <laughs> I was that. doing it every day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I realized, this is a couple years ago, and I was doing some figure drawing and just kind of you know, doing scales like an artist, just keep my chops up. And so I realized, I was like, gosh, you know what? I just don't really feel like hands are, and just, I don't feel like I have a lot of skill with them. So I was like, okay, well, I think I'll just start drawing hands a lot. <laughs> That's right, I sent you images of that. So yeah. I, I would, um, for two years, I would be, I would hold out my left hand and it would be my model and I'd sketch. And so I have like all these sketchbooks because while I was doing that, I was also really enjoying drawing my cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have like these sketchbooks that have like hands, cats, hands, cats, hands, cats, <laughs> like a, a, a pile of them. I love that because that's you don't see that in your paintings. Mm-hmm. It's just this other body work that you've, that's important. And mm-hmm. it's like you said, you're doing your scales and you're working your muscles. Like, I, I love that because I think that a lot of artists have that, have that body work that they don't necessarily show uh, in the world, yes. you know? Yes, yeah. I just I feel like having, I get why musicians do scales now, like mm-hmm. having more fluidity in when we go to do the, the big process of the co-creating. And so to really have that foundation well-developed ongoingly, mm-hmm. it, do, it doesn't just get done. And then we're like, okay, now we're great artists. It's, it's right. ongoing development. Yeah. It's really interesting because like I've heard from several artists, like hands are really hard actually to draw. So to practice them every day seems like a really good thing to mm-hmm. keep up on skill and stuff. Like, I don't know, because, like, I've seen artists before, like, draw figures and then, like, hide the hands or, like, put them behind the <laughs> right. figure. It's like, <laughs> hands are hard for some reason, but it seems like a good thing to practice. Yeah. But in your artist statement, you write, My research on the teachings of various wisdom traditions has been concurrent with studies of aspects of quantum physics, thus the exploration of multiple states of being in the relationship to the divine has been, for me, imbued with these principles of quantum physics. How does this become visible in your paintings? So I've studied for over a course of about 15 years um, some different aspects of ideas from different traditions, and one of the classes was um, science and spirituality. I like where there's a cross-pollination, where different domains meet, and so... I've always had this fascination with a lot of different parts of science, different approaches in science. And quantum physics is one of them, especially how quantum physics talks about what's unseen and what's kind of behind the surface. I mean, when quantum physics, like when, when it, it said that everything is made of the same stuff, it's like, okay, well, that's mystical right there. <laughs> like, right? And there's really like matter isn't really matter. There's like all this space and then mm-hmm. it's like, it just gets really non-rational, mystical, like expanded reality really quickly to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
when it comes to how that shows up in my work, I was looking for, um, this is a couple different bodies work I was doing a few years ago. And one of them was actually a few of them had patterns in them. And I was looking at patterns from different cultures and how these different patterns, like for instance, the um, tile work in a mosque in Turkey. So like the Persian or that's called Islamay and it's got rhythm in it. It's got these curly cues and and then I look at textiles from northern India and some of the same kinds of patterns are showing up. And so I started incorporating them into my work because I like how there are these universal shapes and universal themes that show up across cultures and across traditions. Mm-hmm. So one of the places I saw some of these same shapes was in images from bubble chambers where there's, they've, these scientists have found a way to record how the particles move. And it's some similar shapes. I was like, this is so wild. It's like these different shapes are showing up. And so um, if you were to see my paintings from like 2012, 2013, you would find those different shapes. And I'm drawing from different cultures and traditions. Hmm. Like if they can all get along on the canvas, maybe they can get along in the world. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Isn't that like synchronicity or something? Or am I mixing that up? If you could call it yeah. synchronicity. Like it's all sh- reappearing in different cultures. And mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, does the word zeitgeist kind of fit in that too? Like we're all kind of tapping in something that we don't necessarily know that we're doing, but we're all, yeah. It's interesting. Well, that, they yeah. both talk to the, there's a collective mm-hmm. that, I mean, it goes both ways. There's like the collective that's not so great that it's kind of this trance kind of thing and then there's the collective of where we can go and and the young talks about synchronicity mm-hmm. and that can be a time that's to me when what I might call spirit showing up it's like okay pay attention because yeah. there's things that are lining up here and worth an extra look and what's here and then zeitgeist I really um, I get so fascinated with because sometimes the zeitgeist of the time is the call of where we can go of mm-hmm. what's possible and that that gets like shot to the top of the pile of consciousness because it's like hey this is something really important here to pay attention to right yeah. right and i think uh internet algorithms are really kind of messing with that a little bit right because it makes yeah. it seem like there's some patterns but no it's like a computer Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but. a really interesting one because, yeah, it's like the more, and I'm really glad you said that because um, I don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole. Yeah. I just feel like the more that we have a connection inside to what's important to us and mm-hmm. let go of letting other stuff tell us what's good or what we need to be doing or not doing, or then the more we will be living um, authentically and connecting with what's important yeah. in that place. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's good to link. For me, I always notice it later. So being in the moment, trying to listen to those signs and patterns and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm working with that too. Being, even going back and reviewing because maybe I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be in the moment that something was asked for, but the, then things do kind of keep coming back, and then watching for that. It's, it's a really good skill to have. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So beauty is a theme in your work. It's something that seems simple and straightforward, but it's actually complex and a slightly controversial word in the art world. Why is beauty important today? Mm. So, yeah, beauty. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, 
to answer the last part of that question first, why beauty is important today is because to me, what beauty, what it offers is it's a kind of nourishment for the, our deep beings. It's a, it's a call to stop thinking so much and be present. Um, and in being present, there's an expansiveness that we can access. So somebody said to me recently, they're like, you know, beauty is really, it's like a bridge to the divine. And mm. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it really can feel that way. Like there's nights when there's a glorious sunset, like some of the sunsets that have been happening in the last couple of weeks here, like that, the whole sky is pink and lavender and the clouds are just epic. And it's just like, all I can do is stand there and breathe it in and be like, wow, yeah, <laughs> this is so glorious. And mm-hmm. it just, I just feel so nourished. And I, so beauty, the importance of it to me is if I can feel that nourishment, if that's really there, that's supporting us, then I can make choices that are from a place of inspiration and hope and upliftment. And you know, it's like, I've been looking at some of the studies that talk about what inspires people to action, to, to do things that make the world a better place. And it's not the, this is how bad and wrong and terrible things are, st- stuff that does that. That's not the information that's bringing the change. It's people feeling inspired and nor- nourished and moving forward from there. So to me, beauty, it, there is this like social justice aspect to mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, I, I've, it's a it's a powerful motivator, and I love the definition. My favorite definition of beauty, it's uh, the mystics have said it. It's the movement of love. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like that. I like that too. And it kind of reminds me of the Elaine Scarry book that we read. Yes, the, on beauty, that the, the um, that beauty or the opposite of beauty is not ugliness; it's injury. I love yeah. that because then it's it's kind of putting it's saying that beauty's like healing or yeah something and yeah yeah i've also heard the opposite of beauty is neglect Mm -hmm. and i find that i like that one because it's like beauty does it it calls me to take care of things better and and tend to relationships and myself and service better oh this is another one that another thing about beauty that i find so amazing is that there's a lot of, especially talking about um, the divine and spirituality, and it's like it gets kind of esoteric and out there, and it's like it's not very tangible to talk about it. And yet beauty, it's something we experience through the senses. So I feel like it's got this, there's a connection that we can make when we're in the presence of beauty mm-hmm. that's very embodied, that's very immediate, like the taste mm-hmm. of a strawberry that you grew mm-hmm. or looking at a beautiful painting or sunset. It's all, it's like right there. Mm-hmm. Do, um, it's like, it has a strong impact too. And like yeah. when you guys were both describing the opposite of beauty, I couldn't help but think of like your health, like your actual, like mm-hmm. how you're feeling. Like yeah. that, that's what came to mind when you both were describing it. It's like, well, you're going to be healthier Mm-hmm. If you're feeling like the positive side instead yeah. of the negative, yeah. Oh. I yeah. love that you brought yeah. that up. Yeah, because the real that the beauty that comes from living with meaning and taking care of ourselves in this way that's about tending to you know, what we need and our relationships and you know, loving stance and, yeah. and yeah. 
And that is so sincere. And I think maybe that's why the art world has a hard time with it in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know very many people that are comfortable talking about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's really cool that you're, that you're comfortable and that you're embracing that conversation. And so many people, I don't, I don't know, are afraid, afraid to. One of my mentors, he said, like, it was like, you know, it can sound kind of hallmark hard to start talking about like, oh, well, beauty on the inside and, and love and yeah, la, la, la. And it's like, well, actually those qualities, like to really stand for those qualities, it takes a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. And I've really thought about that over the years. Like, wow, that's so true. Like to really like stand for like, goodness and mercy, it just, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage. Yeah, that was a great explanation of it for sure. I never have even thought about a lot of those things. So, yeah. yeah. Local art critic Richard Spear wrote In the vein of modernists such as Kandinsky, Mondrian, Rothko, and Gottlieb, English believes that painting may function as a vehicle towards the sublime. So, tomorrow, what do you think uh, defines the sublime and how does painting give way to it? Well, it's. First of all, I love Richard Spears' writing. I just mm-hmm. want to make a plug for it. I, just, mm-hmm. I think the way he talks about art is just really um, precise and interesting. I think about art in new ways when I read his writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've thought about that um, difference between the sublime and the beautiful and that idea that the sublime is more of a, it's more of a psychological aspect and... Um, beauty is more of a has more depth to it. it it reaches a deeper place inside of us and what I like to say instead of the sublime is the beautiful and also what brings wonder mm-hmm. like the that aspect of wonder so um, to consider those particular artists um, I really, I feel like they were so forthright in their explorations about connecting to the depths of the self and working with, with themes about spirituality, you know, going to the Rothko Chapel in Houston and being in the presence of the work that was there and how much it created this atmosphere of connecting to mm-hmm. to the vastness of whatever that is that we are talking about when we talk about the divine. Yeah, I feel like whenever the the few things that I've read about Sublime um, and from what I've heard about Rothko's Chapel, it makes the viewer feel small. Whatever it is that you're experiencing, it makes you realize like, um, yeah, you're like in a sense of awe, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'd say I can see where people would say it would make the viewer feel small. It, it felt very uniting. Like mm-hmm. it just, and I I was reading that a lot of people that have gone there have made a lot of prayers for peace and humbling. I guess is the word. I'm yeah, it for. is Not, humbling and yeah. very connective. Like um, to be that being part of something bigger, and because of that, like I just I really felt like the, all those prayers for peace, and then the the other side of that, which is like the the pain of what hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. It's really there in that place, like mm-hmm. the power of what art can do to make that so tangible. Yeah. yeah. Why is nature such an important part of your work and in studio practice? Mm. Speaking of tangible. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
when uh, when I was in my 20s, I was hanging out with a bunch of friends, and every Sunday, pretty much, we would go hiking. And we, we joked and call it like, okay, we're going to church. This is our you know, Sunday church time. And I really feel that, at least for me, nature is a, it's the place where I'm aware of what's been made, like this created world, and that there was a creator of it. And I like to refer to the ineffable as the original artist. <laughs> so getting to uh, have an intimacy with different elements of nature is, I really appreciate that about painting those different elements of nature. And I feel like because it's, it's kind of this um, universal way to talk about spirit and it's right there. It's like I can look out outside my window and like there's a tree and like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> there's a tree. They're so beautiful. They're kind of this miracle. They're so cool. Or like that thing where uh, where the Buddha said, you know, he was giving a sermon, the historical Buddha, and he's giving a sermon and he, he just like in front of his, uh, his students, he just held up a flower. He didn't say anything. That was like the whole sermon. He's just holding up a flower. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So it, I really, I, I feel like um, getting to have this co-conversation with spirit and paint what's in the world as a way to really honor what's been made. And that these are the, that's the stuff that's around us all the time. And so it's kind of an ordinary thing. And yet it's so extraordinary. Like the more you get to know something, the more mm -hmm. beautiful and wonderful it is. Yeah, kind of more magical. I'm looking yes. at a few of your paintings right now, um, and I know this one's on your website, the ineffable, ineffable ground number five. Mm -hmm. and it has the, the tree that you, you were just talking about, tree, um, <laughs> and uh, and then it has these beautiful uh, kind of pastel colors at the bottom, um, uh, and then. Um, and then is this one going to be on your website soon? Yes. Is this a brand yeah. new Oh, the one, new right? website. Yeah, just I just saw the the um, the first version. I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> yes, this one will be. The wonder happens if it will be on on the new yeah. website, which has a lot of like leafy elements, kind of layered in a kind of painterly way, and then there's more graphic leaves, kind of entwined. I feel like this that second one, the with a, a different foliage, has kind of speaks to chaos in a different way mm. than the one with the tree or the tree series. Mm. There's um, They both have a sense of chaos and order at the same time, like nature, but um, yeah. I love that. I love that you're pointing that out. I, it's, um, I noticed, um, I was thinking about what you asked about process earlier and reflecting on those questions. And um, I noticed that in my paintings, I tend to do a lot of layering. So there's, so I'm working on about 10 to 20 paintings at a time and mm -hmm. it's sometimes wet on wet, sometimes wet on dry. I just like, even when it's different kinds of approaches, like the two paintings that you're talking about are pretty different approaches. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some similar things that show up and yet um, different approaches. And that aspect of layering is just really important to me. And I was like, well, why is that so? I mean, for one thing, it makes for an enlivened painting and also... I just love how we do live in this world of layers. Like there's mm -hmm. so many different levels of awareness and yeah. there's that paradox of, yeah, the chaos and the order because 
the chaos brings such a sense of aliveness and mm -hmm. openness to the new. And then there does need to be some sort of order. So the painting has a framework to hang on. Right. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a place of rest. Yes. Yeah. Both of these paintings have come out of um, exploring um, the, the idea of space that mm -hmm. like um, a lot of meditators, like when I've been on retreat and I've talked to other people about this, that um, when we do spiritual practice, there's a sense of space inside. And mm -hmm. so one of my goals now is to show that in my paintings, like this That's atmosphere of space. Yeah. And that, yeah, sometimes there's chaos in the space too. <laughs> it's kind of exciting that there's like a sense of space, but then there's not at the same time. It's this has this kind of oscillates between those two. Yes. Um, so I, I guess I got to ask you this next question. Okay. <laughs> um, that's on our list. What is one thing you would like to change about the art world? <laughs> there you go. It, uh, okay. So what I would really like to see more of in the art world is um, along the lines of what we've been talking about, more art exploring themes of upliftment, of solutions, of beauty and wonder, what's good, um, the, the art that's going deeply into these themes and that these are valid and important themes to be exploring. Mm -hmm. So instead of like, we got to show how terrible and horrible things are, it's like, well, wait a minute, let's, what about showing the next part of the story? Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. What what can we work towards? What can we work towards? Yes, with the inspiration, the possibility. Yeah. yeah. What was your strongest memory of your childhood, and did that shape your approach to art? Mm. Um, so I'll answer that question with um, the what a memory of um, of art itself from childhood, which actually was a very strong memory. Um, I was in the talented and gifted program at my elementary school, and the teacher would pick the curriculum for us and she decided we were going to study Vincent van Gogh and so that was how I got introduced to that artist and um, so I started looking at his work and um, having a conversation inside with his work when I was about 11 and it's pretty much been there ever since and the what I really adore um, about his work is how he shows what's there it's like we're seeing what he's what's there the landscape and then we're seeing the unseen that's there too like I feel like he really shows the the energies behind things mm -hmm. of what's really there and I love that he said so he was a, a minister and he got kicked out of his church because he kept giving money to the poor <laughs> <laughs> and um so I I like that he was talking about like he wanted to paint sermons that was his wow. one of his goals. And so I love the new information about him that he was he's a very like his practice was very much about skill building and experimenting and you know for all the mental illness and you know I think he got poisoned by his materials but for all those that stuff that happened that's you know kind of hard to see in an artist's life I also see that he was just very inspiring in the way he did his studio practice. Such a full immersion. Yeah. In the ten years he was painting. Did you see the new movie about him? I did see it. Did you see it yet, Ashley? No, I didn't. The Loving Vincent. So good. Where yeah. Where can you find that? Just like on Netflix or something? I think I bought it off of Amazon. Oh. So you could just. Hmm. 
I've never, it. I didn't even know there was a movie out there. So it's cool. out on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's like yeah. a, it's done stop animation, but they're paintings. It's like something like 600 something artists working on thousands of paintings. So it's a stop animation, but it's about, about the end of his life and it questions his suicide. Hmm. It's, I mean, the story's interesting. Oh, and I'm the, thinking of the Julian Schnabel movie. Oh, there's a few, I guess. There's a few. There's a few. Oh, that one's even newer than the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. No, there's a few, but the one I'm thinking of is, it definitely. I didn't see that one. Yeah. And there was a Vanity Fair article a few years back about questioning his suicide too. Like but it how, was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe it's that, interesting actually. that mm-hmm. so much is still coming out about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There was yeah. a show, a, an, a couple of exhibitions. There was one in Denver and one in Amsterdam, and the. Um, I have the catalogs from each of them, and there's, yeah, whatever's going on in the coming into consciousness now, it's like this new information about how prolific and experimental he was as an artist. And and I really, I mm-hmm. so appreciate that this information's coming out that, um, no, he actually didn't commit suicide. He was he was actually, it was an accident. The, this rifle went off. And, yeah. Um, and I heard he never, he didn't, Implicate. There were two boys that had the rifle, and he he never said anything about blaming them or yeah. Just I think oh, mental illness is is a big topic, and I think mm-hmm. you know whether it was suicide or not is I think for me the most striking thing was that he didn't didn't want to get these kids in trouble. Like yeah. that was kind of amazing. I mean, it's very he seemed like a very sweet person, and from the letters mm-hmm. too that he wrote to his brother, he seemed like just a really person yeah yeah you see you mentioned that your grandma or your great-grandma had a piece of artwork next to yours in a recent show um did she influence you or oh yeah that um my great-great-grandmother Mabel Plimpton English she was painting um she studied with William Merritt Chase and Chal Hassam and a few other artists of her time and if you saw her work it's very much um in the American Impressionism school and when I was in elementary school and I got introduced to Vincent van Gogh and then moving on to high school, I was looking at a lot of impressionist work and I, it just, it was where I was drawn. And I would say that, yes, that, that was an influence on what I was drawn to. And then as I've um, moved into my practice, um, my work is very color driven, is very much about exploring, like, can I can I reveal what's going on behind the scenes or the the impression or the um, not necessarily rendering totally realistically what's in front of me, but more the, the energy or the atmosphere. And I do feel that in her work. Yeah. I was like, doesn't everyone grow up with these painted? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that you mentioned that because we really haven't talked about your paintings too much. I mean, people, if you guys want to look at her work, your website is tamaraenglish.com or there'll be images on our website too. But I think it's helpful to to just describe some a little bit. Um, we talked about those two paintings. It seems like at first glance there's, yeah, you see a lot of nature, but I, I think that what um, you said about quantum physics is this idea that like you're kind of embracing the fact that you don't know everything, right? Yes. Um, and I think, and and highlighting that there's something hidden. And so I, I get that feeling from your paintings that you're giving us something to engage with, but you're also, you're reminding the viewer that there's something there that you got to just feel you can't actually see it. And 
Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, I've been, or describe the experience that I am hoping can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I look at um, that we do live in these multiple levels of awareness, that there's a physical world and then there's all these other realms and, you know, m- many wisdom traditions speak of these different realms and, you know, dreams and subtle and causal. And I mean, these are just part of existence. These, and we don't see all of it yet. They're, they're here and we move through these different levels throughout the day. And so I like to think of my work as that it is pointing to that, like making seeing the unseen mm-hmm. and um, with that, like what we most love and, and, are drawn to in our hearts and I call that the re-enchantment of the world. (laughs) That kind of actually leads to this next question really well. What memorable responses have you had to your work? Funny or unique or anything? Uh, There are two. What is kind of funny and kind of perfect? It's uh, somebody said they walked into my solo show at Mark Woolley a number of years ago and he's a fellow artist and also curator and he said he stepped inside the gallery and just stopped and went, oh. <laughs> and, and I was like, that's, yep, <laughs> you've got it. <laughs> um, and the, the other response that really touched my heart was um, somebody had, he had purchased one of my paintings, one of my collectors, and had it in his apartment. And when he first got the painting, he was single and um, kind of mopey because he really had adored the woman he was with. And um, he said, and he told me this, he's like, because of that painting, I got back together with my girlfriend, we got married, um, and so, you know, got to have the family with the woman he loved, and then he said um, he was working on a project, he was a software designer, and working on a project that was going to be used by, and his words said, millions of people, and he's like, because of this painting, I was in this really good place to be doing that, so to being with with your work, he said, is affecting millions of people in a good way. It's like, whoa. Oh, that's sweet. That's That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, Earlier you mentioned um, that you kind of draw from what you're reading. Yeah. Like kind of ideas. I guess that kind of leads to the next question. Like, what do you listen to in the studio? Do you listen to books on tape? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right now. um, Yeah, I'm listening to a lot of books books on Audible. Um, so I just listened to a book by, um, actually a few books by Adya Shante. He's a Zen teacher who lives in the Bay Area. And I also listened to, um, my favorite podcast is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. (laughs) (laughs) I love Saturdays because there's a new episode. (laughs) I'll have to check that out. It's, um, it's a quiz show that talks about current news and tends to highlight kind of some of the wackier news of the week. The, the, okay, so the first time I listened to that, yeah. one of the comedians on there said, um, "Oh, wait, wait, don't tell me. I thought this was I thought this was about how much I weighed." <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's W A I T, not W E I. Well, it's like if somebody can take the news and get a good laugh out of it, then I feel like that's a skill and that's much needed right now. Yeah. That's how I like to get my news is from wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah. Right. It can be so depressing. So if there's a better way to deliver it, then right. that helps. I used to watch Colbert. I haven't seen it for ages, but he still does that now. 
No? I don't know. I think so. I haven't really watched it. <laughs> Do you have any music that you like to listen to in the studio? Or is um, it... I'm not, I haven't been listening to as much music in the studio. It's kind of, but yeah, an odd time. I did have a, um, I made a playlist that was a bunch of kind of stuff from the 70s and 80s and a lot of Bob Dylan on it. Nice. Um, I noticed, like, it, with, he's one of my favorites. So. Okay, I got a goofy one. Okay. If you were a tree, <laughs> we picked this one specifically for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Okay, we're getting into the serious questions now. Okay, um, if I was a tree, uh, I'd want to be a redwood, um, and especially one of the, the big, humongous, tall ones, because... At a certain point, when a tree reaches a certain age and gets to, it's been on the earth for a long, long time, it becomes like this kind of conduit between spirit and earth. And I love that that meeting place of, of spirit and earth. Um, or a fruit tree, like a peach tree, because the flowers and the beauty in the spring and then getting to give fruit so not the redwood that people drive through no not that one (laughs) (laughs) what is your dream project oh my gosh okay so dream project i really i have um i've done a version of um what i call the universal book of hours um are you familiar with with the book of hours like that idea that rings a bell but so it it's um comes up in art history um that's why i learned about it so um it, it, it was used in, um, well, different traditions, but mostly it was um, popular in medieval Europe. Um, and it was, a, I guess you could say, a book of prayers that had um, images and text for different times of day. So it took this idea of um, times of day for contemplation, which is in a lot of traditions. It's in Islam and it's in Christianity and um, shows up other places and so that idea of the book of hours and then putting it in a universal context so that there would be um, imagery from different traditions and outside tradition and um, each painting would be a specific time of day and echo the light and the quality and kind of the attunement of that different, different time of each different time of day the light and the quality and attunement of specific times of day, like dawn and it's the beginning of a new day and that call to what's important to us and then showing up to our work and then throughout the work day, little breaks where it's like, oh, okay, what am I doing this for? And then in the evening, that trans, the, um, the time going into the more inward time. So, yeah, and doing that, doing large-scale paintings and... Um, having a solo exhibition of those works that's awesome how many paintings would we would this series have so the christian tradition has um usually eight times a day and then islam has the five times call to prayer Mm. um so it'd probably be 12 or 13 oh okay yeah there's an overlap between the different times and then i would want to go um vespers to vespers so that's uh, sunset to sunset Cool. Yeah, that's cool. I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah, and probably will. Not just would love. I will. I'm actually doing some kind of sketches for it right now. So that sounds really exciting. I could totally see a catalog 
would be really successful too, like to go along with your exhibition, you know, like a, turning it into a book would be kind of interesting. Yes, that's definitely in the the planning of it is to have a book alongside it. Yeah. Cool. My stomach's growling. I keep <laughs> worrying that it's like... Your stomach wants to ask her something. <laughs> I'm dying, I'm dying. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I, I always get the silly questions. Okay. It is not a silly question. You like this question I, so much. Just okay. because everybody's answers are so different. I know. Oh, God, we've gotten some good answers. Okay. Tamara, what superpower would you have and why? <laughs> I, it just makes me so happy that you asked this question. <laughs> so, okay, here's my superpower. <laughs> With one look or... Um, making paintings that do this when somebody looks at them to dispel the illusion of separation from the greatness and vastness of all that is the greater reality of love <laughs> I like that. and when that happens somebody finds what their true calling is and answers it to create the best possible future Whoa, that's <laughs> intense. That's, a, that's great. <laughs> so your, your painting would do that, but you could also look at someone and do that? Yeah, in case they weren't near the painting. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> she holds all the power. That's awesome. <laughs> but really, it's about, it seems that way, but it's really about getting to offer other people right. their own power. Yeah. <laughs> Helping people discover. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I like that. That's good. It would make the world so much nicer if people just took a minute and just realize that we have we have way more in common than we have difference i right. think and yeah that would definitely help with that that's really well said yeah ashley do you have you have you changed yours or do you have the same superpower that you would always have gosh every time someone answers that i'm like man that's good i know right and then i have to go back and think about changing mine up you could just copy each person every time i know i'm like i'm gonna steal that <laughs> idea that hey the more of us that are doing it the the more quickly that we get to get to our life mission and do our work and make the world a better place it's, all right let's go yeah. <laughs> it's just it's good like i feel like they're just getting better like mm -hmm. mine started out it's like i just want to be invisible or fly and now it's like wow this is deep yeah but i yeah i love that idea of like yeah spreading that power and that consciousness that's pretty amazing well if i mean we all we have a reason for being here we each have a reason for being here and to get to show up to that that's where like we get to live a really great wonderful life and then because our reason for being here is about how we get to be in service in the world the world benefits from that and it's like win-win yeah <laughs> yeah so what was the last gift you gave someone uh, raspberries. No. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great gift. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, it, it's yeah, so it's nice to get to share things from my yard. Um, and then before that, um, I got to see my dad who lives on the East Coast on his birthday um, at the end of last month, and um, I gave him a phone accessory that had a Britney Spaniel on it. I think you could he, say Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that too. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Dad. No, he loves, he's got a Britney Spaniel that he just adores. And so, you know. Those are dogs are so pretty. They're so pretty. Yeah. They're really sweet too. We love our dogs. Oh my gosh. Prancer is, okay. I wish everybody could see this, but Prancer is curled up in Ashley's lap right now, being super, super cute. In a ball. Oh She's like a little transformer. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Edie was cute sitting by my feet at the very beginning. And then we started talking and she's like, I'm out of here. She's yeah. left. <laughs> it's so great having animals around. They just, oh, they're so about love. Little sweeties. Uh-huh. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're, they're good studio mates too. Yes. So what is next for you? What is next? So um, I have, it's really kind of this odd time because I have a couple of projects that, and like I just was talking to the curator, I'm like, can I talk about this project? And she said, no, wait, because <laughs> we're still getting the details. So uh, it's, it's like, what can I say about it? Group show museum. That's as much as I can tell right now. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, I know. And then um, big, another uh, a commission proposal that I'm working on that would be really exciting if it happens or when it happens. So stay tuned. <laughs> There's so much mystery. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I think that's the that. theme of the show is mystery. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's good things are in the works. And then I'm going to be showing with you and Sean mm-hmm. in Roseburg at the Umpqua Valley Community College. Yes. And yeah, so 2021, which um, that's, yeah, I'm excited about it that. It sounds really far, but we'll far. just like in a blink, <laughs> it'll be it'll be here. Not that far, so that'll be fun. Well, when we know more about where her secrets are, we'll announce them on the show. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. When I know when I know more, I can we tell can, you. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I want to know too. <laughs> the big reveal. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's very exciting. It feels like um, it's a kind of um, up leveling time for me. So these new projects that are happening. Or it's like, okay, there, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You asked for it, you got it. So it's, yeah. I think you're like me in the sense that we don't make artwork for shows, but mm-hmm. having a show on the horizon sure does feel good. It's like just something to kind of For me, going. I think it would be like, I need that to like maybe keep going some days, you know, mm-hmm. like when you don't want to work on something and you're like, oh, I have a show. So yeah, it's kind of both actually. Yeah. It's interesting because. There, there are things I can explore and kind of go into deeply not having a show. And like the Universal Book of Hours idea I've been shaping. And so it is, it's it's like, um, you know, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> it's the kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, paint and I would be doing it anyway. And then um, when when the exhibitions do come up, then it, it gives it a shape and a place to go. Um, but like you, Kendra, yeah, I would be, I just, I, I'm painting anyway, mm-hmm. regardless of what's going on. Yeah. And it's yeah. a nice little boost to, to hear that someone understands where you're coming from and feels good about what you're doing. And that's, co- that's nice too. Like the curators support or behind you on this, you know? Yeah. And it's nice. I feel like the full life cycle of, um, not all the art, but most of the art is that it, goes out and gets seen in the world or um, the commission I'm working on, it's going to go to its home. This is the commission I'm actually working on mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for a collector. And um, so there, there's a continuity. There's a full life cycle of like, okay, paint it and and then have people get to experience it. And Yeah. yeah. Is there an artist you think needs more recognition and why? So, okay, for me that... That question, it takes me to the a generality of wanting to see artists that are really skilled and about beauty and upliftment. It's kind of the same thing I've been saying. But, but I really, I mean, that's what I want to see is more recognition for the artists that are doing um, the uplifting work. 
Like I see the work of um, like, for instance, Beatrice Milhazes and um, mm-hmm. Russ and Crow, like they're kind of doing the kind of really lush work that has a phantasmagorical aspect to it. And I want to see more of that, like more work that's about that feels nourishing to the spirit mm-hmm. and straight up spiritual art. Like I want to go to a museum and see like contemporary spiritual work. Malaise pre-Raphaelite, right? Yeah. Oh, so, oh, Beatrice Malazis. Oh, I'm thinking, sorry. I'm oh, thinking of there is a painting called Beatrice. Uh, and yeah, the pre-Raphaelite. Oh, I'm thinking like, of something I else. I want to see the, okay. <laughs> I was like, the Seattle? Like, okay. <laughs> but I love that you brought that up because I do want to see like the contemporary version of the pre-Raphaelites. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I say it in a nutshell? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good answer. You want, I want to see a lot of art. <laughs> recognize. <laughs> Well, yeah, like you should send us some images of those artists and we'll put them up on our our site too. Okay. And spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's some some really great painting out there right now. I feel like figurative work is having a resurgence and, you know, painting's alive again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It keeps dying. Yeah. It keeps coming back. (laughs) Keeps coming back. It's like a zombie now. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I just feel like when we get to get together and talk about art and life, and it's just, um, it's really, speak about uplifting and beauty and inspiring. It's just important for people to come together and, and talk about these things. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Bernard Gab. Oh. Signing off. <laughs> nice uh, gabbing with you. When we were little, I would always tell you what was coming your way for Christmas. I was like the worst at keeping secrets. Yes. Did you guys go look for your presents? With, oh, I was the worst. Yeah. I kind of ripped the paper a little bit on something one year. Because <laughs> I really want to know what it was. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mom. I did that a lot, too. I mean, Santa. Yeah, we're not good at keeping secrets. No. no. Yeah. Tamara has to teach us. I know. <laughs> teach us your ways. <laughs>